This is Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to... This week's edition of Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And I should mention we are brought to you by Capital Plus. They remove the hassles of balancing cash flow, which we love, by becoming your full-service credit and collections department. Good people over there. You can find them, actually. Uh, here's a, their website, capplus, C-A-P-P-L-U-S dot com, and use forward slash Mr. Biz. And uh, they'll, that lets them know that you join them via Mr. Biz, and uh, they'll take good care of you. Uh, Renee and her team over there are really, really good people, and they're literally the only company that I work with in that space. Um, there are a lot of, I'll just say, sharks in that space, so they're they're good people. So, uh, good good stuff at Capital Plus. But um, we are going to be answering. I have had a pile up, so I apologize to, to some of the listeners out there. A pile up of listener questions, and so I want to dive through those. Um, actually, we're going to do a couple the next two shows because <clears throat> maybe I need to catch up. Uh, so we're going to go through a bunch of listener questions, and specifically in this show today, I want to focus on, um, I had uh, Misty compile a bunch of questions that were all at least semi-related, so we can have sort of a theme and some topics that we can cover. So when you're listening to the episode, you can say, okay, is this, this something pertinent to me? Should I listen to this? Which, of course, you want to listen to all Mr. Biz Radio shows, right? But in particular, in this show, we're going to be talking about a lot about cash flow. Um, and so as I look through real quick questions, uh, actually, we're going to talk about cash flow. And then during the third segment, the question we're going to focus on, because I could probably do about five shows on it, but we are going to talk about, this is a really common question. This came to us from Majestic Auto in Toledo, Ohio, actually. Um, we're going to talk about how to determine how much your business is worth. So I get that question all the time. And so we're going to cover that in the third segment. But in the first two, we're going to focus on cash flow, flow related issues and items. And so with that, without further ado, let's get to the first question, which came, comes to us from, uh, <clears throat> he has respectfully requested that I withheld, withhold his name due, due to the nature of his question. It's not controversial. Uh, I think he's a little embarrassed. So it says, I probably should understand this better. But can you please explain the difference between cash flow and revenue? And again, he said, please don't read my name on the air because I'm embarrassed. I don't know it. Uh, it's all good because here's the thing. First of all, don't be embarrassed. This is a common thing that people don't understand. Um, and they often will suggest that they do understand. Uh, but when you dive a little deeper, they really don't understand. Um, so real quick. Um, so revenue, a lot of you know this. So I won't belabor this, but revenue. That's essentially what customers pay you for your products and services. It can also be referred to as sales. Uh, for those of you who use QuickBooks, it's actually in the top section of your profit and loss statement, and they call it income. Um, and so that's another reason it leads part to part of the confusion, I'm sure. But um, another thing that a lot of people mention, and then maybe some of you heard and didn't really understand and just kind of nodded your head in, in agreement, even though you didn't quite understand because you didn't want to ask, um, is when people say top line. Top line, when someone says, hey, what's your top line? They're referring to your revenue. because that, And the reason they say top line is because um, in your profit and loss 
statement, your revenue line is at the top. So if someone says again, top line, what's your top line or top line of my business is X. They're talking about revenue. Um, and, and the other th thing I'll mention about revenue is it's often people will use it to quote the size of their business. So for example, they might say, oh yeah, I run a $2 million business. And what they're saying by saying that is they've got $2 million plus in revenue. Um, so common ways you hear about revenue. Now, cash flow on the other side, um, not only deals, cash flow is a, a complex thing. And again, uh, you guys know I've done a bunch of shows about this and we'll continue to do it because it's such a prevalent issue and challenge for, for all business owners. But so cash flow deals with revenue and expense. So it has all the elements, of course, that we just talked about, but it has to deal with the timing of each of those. When the revenue comes in the door, when your money for your expenses goes out the door. So the really simple way, and I've mentioned this many times on the show before, but the simplest way to think about cash flow is the balance in your checking account. Again, when the revenue is coming into your checking account, when the revenue is going out, not when it goes on the credit card, right? So for example, when you put expenses on the credit card, you're not paying cash. You're paying your vendor, but you haven't actually laid out any cash. Um, and on the flip side, when pay, people pay you via credit card, it doesn't instantly show up in your checking account, right? It's not an, part of your available balance, as, as uh, the banking uh, people say. Um, so the example with that is, so you can imagine you could have $10 million in revenue, right? You could be running a $10 million business, but have negative cash flow and be losing money. And hopefully no one out there is nodding their head right now and saying, holy crap, that's me. Um, because there, if you're running a $10 million business, there's no way you should be in either one of those situations. But the really quick way to think about cash flow is shortening what I call the payable receivable cycle. And again, that talks about when money comes in versus when you cash leaves your account to pay your bills. So again, we could talk and I've done a bunch of shows about this, but hopefully that helps explain a little bit of a difference between revenue and cash flow. Revenue, essentially sales, top line, it's what's coming in, what they pay you. Cash flow is dealing with the timing of when revenue hits your checking account, becomes part of your available balance, and when expenses actually leave your account. Um, so think of it that way, and that's the simplest way to do it. Don't worry about you know going out on, uh, you can look in QuickBooks and look at your statement of cash flow. It'll probably confuse the crap out of you. If you don't have a background in that, it gets into what I like to refer to and I, actually I didn't come up with this, but one of my clients did, that's accounting mumbo jumbo. It's not, it's something that you need to understand, but you don't have to understand it to the nth degree to understand the difference between revenue and cash flow. So that one um, hopefully helps. Uh, again, name withheld. Never mind. I was going to give him a shout out, but uh, <laughs> I will respect his wishes. Um, so we've got, we're running out of time here already in this segment, but I want to start in on the next question and we'll finish it um, in the next segment. But um, how much cash reserve should I uh, maintain? And then how should I think about how to deploy if I have excess cash? And that comes to us from uh, Mike in Dublin, Ireland. So we're a little international flavor here. So um, reserve. So think about cash reserve. Really, really important here. But there's a couple of questions that you need to answer before you can determine your reserve. So some people will just throw out a number. Oh, you need this many months of, of expenses, et cetera. But I like to think of it a little bit differently. How stable is your revenue in your business? And what I mean by that primarily is, do you have a lot of seasonality? So for example, if you um, are in the Northern part of the United States where the weather is very seasonal and you have a lawn care company, um, I've used that example before, where during the winter, you can't mow lawns, obviously. 
So uh, you could obviously have other revenue streams, but for the sake of argument, you can't do that. Um, jewelry store, right? You might have a lot of seasonality, meaning your revenue goes up and down because during uh, Valentine's Day season or engagement season or during the Christmas season, you're going to spend, people are going to spend a lot more money. So your revenue is a lot higher those, during those times. So you need to consider those three things, or essentially, or those two things, I should say, how stable and do you have seasonality? Those are the most important things to consider about a reserve to start before we even get into any of the calculations or recommendation. So we're about out of time, so I'll stop there. We'll come back after the break. Uh, we'll give the Mr. Biz tip of the week, and then we'll finish off um, um, what, what, how, how much you should have and maintain in a reserve, cash reserve. And then we'll talk about if after calculating that you have excess cash, how should you deploy it? So rejoin us after the break on Mr. Biz Radio. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day -day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Mr. Biz Radio. It's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is a very simple one, but uh, very important. Stop talking about it. Start being about it. We all have friends, and maybe we're each of us are also guilty of this at times, there's a lot of talk. We're going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Stop talking about it. Make it happen. Progress, not perfection. Uh, just take some action and get going. And, and, and again, stop talking about it. Just start being about it, being about what your goals are. So that is the Mr. Biz tip of the week on Mr. Biz Radio, brought to you by Capital Plus. They unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. Uh, they create customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. All right, so let's get back into this question from Mike in Dublin, Ireland. So we talked a little bit about cash reserves. How much should you maintain as a cash reserve? So we talked about the most important things. How stable is your revenue? And do you have any seasonality in your business? Does it go up and down? Does it fluctuate a lot? So from there, what I would suggest is um, you need to have a minimum, a minimum. Again, those factors I just mentioned could influence this, but you need to have a minimum of three months of full expenses of all your expenses. Um, so put it this way, think of it this way. Um, if you had three straight months with $0 of revenue, you would still be able to pay all your bills, right? So, and what are the scenario where you have zero revenue for three months? Probably not likely, although some of you out there right now are saying, wait a minute, we're going through this pandemic thing. Um, and some, some businesses have had zero revenue for, for a period here. So uh, a good way to consider that. But it's a little bit conservative as well. So some people will say six or nine months. 
I am very cautious to do that because I want to make sure we don't have too much money wasting space on your balance sheet and not earning anything for you, not helping you grow your business. And the reason I mentioned it, that three months is a little conservative full expenses because if you got into a situation where you had zero dollars of revenue, of course, at that point, you would need to go back and start looking at your expenses. What expenses can you cut and or reduce? Um, and so you wouldn't need full expenses for those three months. So that's what I would say. Um, there's one thing I'll mention real quick, and I'm always hesitant to bring this up because some people take this and run with it. It's a little bit of a hybrid. It's a more aggressive stance. But if you are in growth mode, your business is very healthy and you're in growth mode, you could use a bit of a hybrid uh, solution for cash reserves. Um, and again, this is aggressive. This is a little on the aggressive side. But you could have a lower cash reserve if you, you have an adequate line of credit that you could tap into to fulfill your three to six months of cash reserves. So meaning that if you needed $100,000 to fulfill that cash reserve that we just talked about, and you had an $80,000 line of credit, you might say, okay, well, I only need 30,000, give yourself a little extra coverage there, 30,000 in cash, because I have 80,000 I could tap into for as a line of credit if I really needed to. Um, again, that's more aggressive, um, is definitely more risky, uh, riskier. So think, think, think about that. Um, all right. So as far as excess cash and deploying, and again, some of you are probably rolling your eyes and like thinking, man, I'd love to have that problem. Right. But again, it's a little difficult to answer because it depends on your business goals. So I'll go through this kind of quickly, but first of all, you want to make sure that everything's healthy, right? You, you got to make sure your, your, your business is quite healthy. Everything's cleared for your accounts payable. You don't have any debts hanging out there, uh, or that you owe to vendors, uh, suppliers, et cetera. You want to make sure, of course, that we just talked about your reserves, your reserves you have, and uh, presuming if you're saying you have excess cash, you've already cleared that, right? Um, again, if you're in growth mode, you want to plow that money back into the business, um, whether that be marketing, whether that be um, acquiring additional assets that will help you grow. So if you're a field service business, you may need to purchase additional trucks to get them on the road to, to grow your revenue. You may need additional resources, right? Maybe you're a manufacturer and you need more workers in the back to handle a higher volume. Um, so that's another way you could do that to deploy some of that excess cash. And here's the other thing, you know, depending again, as I mentioned on your business goals, if you're nearing retirement and you're going to close the business, uh, you may use that excess cash to help, you know, fund some of your retirement. If you're a little behind debt, debt is very important. And actually that's even higher on the list than I'm mentioning here. But, um, you know, depending on where you're at, and depending how much you, you know, where you're at balance sheet wise and the cost of that debt, um, you, you want, want to pay down that debt. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely big in, in favor of that. Unless you have cheap debt that you can, for example, you've got debt that only costs you, let's say 4% and you feel like I can deploy that in my business and earn more than 4%, then certainly you want to do that. Um, so again, I, I'm, I always want to make sure that we, the additional reserves, the adequate reserves we have, we want to have those reserves, but we don't want to waste it having a bunch of extra money sitting uh, on the balance sheet in cash. It does, does us no good whatsoever. All right, let's move on here. We're running out of time again, but uh, run, run, run through this one real quick. Uh, this one comes to us from Douglas in Lubbock, Texas. He says, I'm sick of late paying customers killing my cash flow. Please help. How many of you guys can relate to that one? All right. So this one's about getting to the top of the pay pile. Pay pile, P-I-L-E. So how do we do that? So I'm going to give you four quick things here that we can do. And again, I've only got about three minutes. So I'm going to try to run through this. So first thing, first thing to think, consider is make it easy for people to pay you. I know that sounds 
probably obvious to some. Hopefully it sounds obvious to a lot of you. One of them, one of which is uh, accepting credit cards, accepting ACH. ACH is even better than credit cards, lower fee, right? The money comes right out, right into your bank account. It's a quicker transaction, lower fees. So ACH is even better than credit cards and checks stink. Uh, it's 2020 people. Let's get, get off the check train. Um, um, uh, invoice immediately. Invoice immediately when you perform a service uh, or, or, or you know a, a product. So if you're on a net 30 type of thing and, and automate it, make it automated. So it's super easy. Set up auto reminders, for example, that one to two. So if you have a net 30 invoice, one to two days before it's due, they get a reminder saying, hey, don't forget you haven't paid us yet. And then another reminder on the first day that it's late. Hey, you're past due. Let's take care of this. And then after that, when you need to follow up, I suggest heavily, if you can, human contact. Pick up the phone, give them a call. And at that point, you can accept the credit card, right? Uh, another side note to that, an idea is if you have salespeople, make them responsible for their own accounts. In that, if you have a client or customer that's not paid and they're late, your salesperson does not get commission on that sale until the money gets in the door. Um, and so they have a vested interest because think about it. They already have a relationship with that client or customer. So it's a much easier conversation for them to call up and say, hey, how's everything going? Do you need anything else? By the way, I just, I just, uh, our accounts payable clerk, let me know. You're a little bit behind. You owe some money, blah, blah, blah. Can we take care of that? Um, very easy thing to do. Very important. And everyone, it's a win-win. Everyone has a vested interest in it and growing the business and keeping it uh, going forward in a positive way. Um, the last thing I'll mention is to ensure you have transparent credit terms and the most important part of that, you stick to them. So again, consider the PayPal example, and I got to run through this pretty quick, but uh, you got a vendor or someone who owes you money, they get to the end of the month, they have $5,000 in bills to pay, they only have $3,500. So they go through their stack of $5,000 of bills and say, who's going to get paid with my 3,500 and who's going to have to wait. If you have transparent credit terms, meaning that there's going to be a late fee if, a, if they're late paying you, you go right to the top of that PayPal compared to another invoice that does not have a late fee. That's just one example of what I mean by uh, credit terms, but that's going to get you to the top of that PayPal. You're, you'll be part of the 3,500 that gets paid. Someone who doesn't have that will fall to the bottom of the pay pile and they will not get paid. And that is not what you want. Again, late paying customers, all about getting to the top of that pay pile. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopeful Douglas in Lubbock, Texas. Thanks for the question. Really appreciate it. Guys, you can always send us questions at any point in time. And I'm going to give you a special offer actually free after the break. Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at TriTraction are here to help. TriTraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at TriTraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at 
don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Check out both of Mr. Business National best-selling books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back. So I mentioned before the break that I had a free offer. It's not really an offer. It's just free. Um, so I actually finally got around to recording the audio version of uh, my first book, How to Be a Cash Flow Pro. So I want to offer that. So we've been talking about cash flow here. I'll give you a free copy of the audio book. Uh, super convenient. You go out, I'll give you a code and you get it for free. No strings attached, no anything whatsoever. 100% free. Uh, for the first 20 people, send us an email, info at mrbizsolutions.com. First 20 people, info at mrbizsolutions.com. I'll, I'll shoot you a code that'll get you a free copy, free audiobook copy of uh, How to Be a Cashflow Pro. All right, so let's get to this last question of the show here. And again, it comes to us from Majestic Auto in Toledo, Ohio. Shout out to them. Uh, I communicate, communicate with them pretty regularly on social media. Um, good stuff. So their, his question is, how can I determine how much my business is worth? Again, I get this question very often. So let me run through. Um, I'm going to go through uh, five different ways because, again, it depends on the business. There's so many different variables. There's some really simple ways. If you would just were kind of checking the pulse, um, if you're getting ready to sell, a whole nother, whole nother ball of wax there. So let's go start going through these. So uh, the first one is you'll hear people refer to it as the book value of your business, uh, the asset and asset-based valuation is another way you'll uh, hear people refer to it. Um, and essentially what you can do is you can look at, go into QuickBooks if you have that, and go out on your balance sheet, page down, and you'll get down to the equity section. And basically the equity section shows you the book value of your business. And uh, uh, what that means in, a, in most simple terms, it's all the assets you have minus all the liabilities you have, all the money you owe other people, and what's left. Whatever's left is equity. That's the asset base. That's the book value, the asset-based valuation of your business. Pretty simple. Um, it at least gives you an idea, right? As you're going through your business, is it going up or down? And then figuring out why. Um, so that's one way to do it, um, to keep your finger on the pulse a little bit. Another way that people value businesses is using revenue. Now, of course, in most cases, that's something that's kind of future-based, uh, future-focused. Um, so what they'll do is they'll say, okay, you have a uh, $1 million a year business, and we'll give you a multiple of that. And I'll tell you right now, the national average for that is 0.6 uh, times your annual revenue. So in that case, if you have a million-dollar business and someone offers you 0.6 multiple, that would be a million times 0.6. That would be a $600,000 offer. Very high level, uh, not a lot of teeth to it, but it just gives you a, a rough idea of one way that people value businesses. The, probably the most common, actually not probably, the most common way is a, 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 an earnings multiple. So what that means is they take, they look at your net income. Um, and a lot of times that you'll hear, they won't say net income. Um, they'll call it EBITDA, uh, E-B-I-T-D-A. That's earnings before interest, tax, uh, and depreciation. And they will, they'll look at that number, which again, essentially for most businesses, again, simplifying is your net income. And they'll take that and multiply it by a number. Again, most common is somewhere in the four to six 
uh, range, four to six multiple range. So again, if you made $100,000, they would offer you an example somewhere between four and $600,000 for, uh, for your business. Now, here are the tricky parts uh, to that. Again, very high level. It varies so widely by business. Um, you'll see sometimes, you know, in the Wall Street Journal or Bloomberg or, you know, other business journals where a business gets sold and they may have been sold for, I know one uh, person actually, he's going to be on the show next month, uh, Brandon Dawson, um, wildly successful guy. Um, he sold his uh, last company. He sold it at a multiple of 70 X of his earnings, seven zero. Uh, so again, varies widely, has a lot to do with market position, um, the strength of your earnings, just a whole bunch of different things. Like it's, just, it's very difficult to answer. Um, but I want to give you some common ways that people look at this. Another way, the fourth way I'll mention is you can use uh, comparables, much like you would when you purchase real estate. So when you're looking for a house, right, you, you your realtor will likely go out and find you know houses within a certain radius around the house you're looking at. And say, here are we we valued this as with comparables around the area. This house is very comparable to yours. It that you're looking at, it sold for three hundred thousand dollars, but we made some pluses and minuses because it's a little bit bigger or it has additional bathrooms or you know what all that kind of stuff. You'll make some minor adjustments to come up with a high level uh comparable value of real estate. You can do the same thing with businesses, and this is particularly important when you consider different industries. So, you know, the, the multiple that a tech company sells at is going to be vastly different than a multiple of a uh, food industry company, let's say, for example. Um, so let's say Yum Brands, uh, they have Taco Bell and KFC, et cetera. You know, the multiple that likely that that business would sell for is way different than what Microsoft would sell for uh, or Google, right? Those types of tech businesses, completely different industry. They think of it in a completely, completely different way. So, uh, but that's, that is one way you can look at that uh, and one way you can consider. Uh, the fifth way, and it is the most complex and therefore <clears throat> the most accurate, um, is they, to do a discounted cash flow analysis. Now, I would tell you, this is where you need to bring a professional in for sure. Um, unless you're, you know, you have your certification in business valuation, this is a complex, uh, complex calculation. It's not something simple. Um, I'm not going to go through it on here because it, you know, it would bore you to tears, first of all. Um, and second of all, you know, th again, this is where you need to bring a professional. And frankly, if you are going to sell or purchase a business, if you're at that stage and you're asking the question for that reason, this is what you need to do. You need to hire someone. Here's the reason why. And I'm not just suggesting this to try to you know, drum up business for one of my colleagues or anything like that. It's not that at all. The most important part is think about it. You're buying a business and let's say that, you know, you're going to be spending hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on that business. What's a 10% error. You buy a company for 500, $5 million and you were 10% off. That's a half a million dollars you wasted, right? Really, really important. And if you're selling your business and you sell it for 5 million and you, you made a 10% error, you could have made an additional half a million dollars, $500,000. So it's really, really, really important to ensure you bring in a professional when you are at the point where you're about to sell, you get an offer, something like that, and not just use one of these more simple methods to calculate that. Um, so very, very important. And again, you'll get a detailed analysis from them. They'll walk you through it at whatever detail level you want. And by the way, if anyone wants that and needs, and has, needs help with that, certainly let me know. 
Um, I've got a couple of folks that are go-to for the super detailed valuation uh, analysis type things. Um, certainly I can help with some of that, but at one point or another, we get, when we get into really deep water with that, I'll typically bring in one of one or two of uh, my trusted resources to help with that um, and make sure we get you the best value you can get out of the business and or the best value when you're purchasing. So very important. Here's the thing though, to consider, no matter what valuation you method you use, you have to consider the strength of the balance sheet. So what I mean by that is you could have a ton of revenue, right? And so if you look at it and say, I'm going to multiply my revenue by 0.6, and that's what I think my, my, my company's worth. Well, here's the problem with that. What if you have a bunch of debt? What if you owe $3 million? Well, all of a sudden you're not very valuable, right? Not nearly as valuable. And consider some of the tangibles. Market position, that could be plus or minus. You could have a really good market position. It could be that you're getting into the game late. And so that's bad. Um, whatever that is, your niche or your industry. Consider an intellectual property. Do you have patents, right? If you have patents on your product, that's fabulous, right? That absolutely increases the value substantially. Or if you have a product that you don't have a patent for, that can be easily replicated. So someone, you can have this great idea, they come into the uh, world and someone just copies you. A, a big company comes and copies you. Now you're screwed. So another thing that can decrease the value of your business. So thanks again, Majestic Auto in Toledo, Ohio. Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. And uh, that's, that's all we have for today. We, we ran out of time. So thanks for listening to Mr. Biz Radio. Have a great week. And don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.